0: I got home from work that night and Biz said you need, you need to talk to your son because he's upset about this dating thing and, and I went in and talked to him and apparently there was a young girl that uh, he had asked to go and she turned him down and he was despondent about it so I uh, you know told him when I was growing up my girls always broke up with me and I was kind of a dork and nobody wanted to go out with me and stuff like that and I also decided at that point in time to kind of broach the subject of Know, dating average-sized girls and the fact that he was short stature so you know I said Tom you know you should know that you're probably during the course of your life there will be girls that will not date you just because you're a dwarf and he kind of looked at me and said dad you know maybe she didn't want to date me because I'm a dork but I don't think she didn't want to date me because I'm a dwarf which I thought was a great you know just said a lot about the way he perceived himself, you know, so I guess we're doing a pretty good job from that standpoint, I don't know. He'll kill you for telling that story.
1: There's a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes surrounding dwarfism that have really impacted the way that able-bodied people or average type people view little people as potential partners, let alone as people to begin with. But what might come as a shock to many, little people still do find love. I'm not one of those little people, but there have been some that I wanted to highlight. When it comes to things like dating or finding a potential partner, little people have a significantly different experience than the average type people do. We have a different set of challenges that we face, a different set of fears, the fact that just people with disabilities are twice as likely to be victims of domestic abuse. We have to worry about that. And I wanted to address some of these, um, and answer some of the questions that I get surrounding dwarfism, like, I always get, is there a dating app for little people? And it's like, honey. Is there? (laughs) I'm kidding. There's not. I recently stumbled upon a collection of really beautiful images of little people I had never heard of before on their wedding days. And I figured it would be a fun way to kind of talk about these topics and broach these subjects while also honoring people in the past who have found love either with other little people or with average people. The purpose of this episode is to show and remind people that even though we have a disability, little people are capable and want love just like everybody else does. I'm a romantic and I feel like we oftentimes talk about disability through a very like educational aspect. I feel like when we talk about people with disabilities, we so oftentimes leave out our love lives and i really wanted to kind of highlight that in today's episode and as someone who's a black man who's a part of the queer community i have faced so much discrimination when dating uh since i was 18 men telling me oh i would definitely date you if you weren't a little person or i could never be with you because i would just think of being with a child um That gets to you over the years, and although I don't take those things personally, um, stuff like that is very—it makes me think of love and relationships and dating more like a chore— to be quite honest, because it's like constantly having to protect myself from internalizing those things. And over the years, I've definitely learned to find that, depending on where I am, the reception to my dwarfism when dating is vastly different. In Arizona, I am definitely like the freak show freak. But then when I go to New York, I'm hit on all the time, I feel beautiful, like I could get married at any second. (laughs) I'm kidding though. So we'll definitely talk about some of my own experiences as well. But this is going to be a visual episode. There's going to be a lot of pictures and video clips. So if you're not already watching this, you can watch it for free on Spotify. You can head over to YouTube. I'm trying to build up that YouTube channel, guys. So I'd appreciate it if you went over there and subscribed. I'm going to be posting different types of content. Um, And by the way, this is a cursed episode. I've tried to film this episode. I'm looking around because I'm like, I don't want something to come up, start exploding on me. Because I've tried to film this episode four times. And... When I tell you it's been a disaster I spilled coffee all over my desk Before filming it yesterday I filmed it and then it didn't save any of the footage That happened three times yesterday I filmed it three times And didn't save it at all Um, I have to film off my phone Because I don't have a camera So I have to like run to make sure it's filming every few minutes We're learning. We're learning. Next month is Dwarfism Awareness Month. I'm going to try to get an episode out twice a week. I'm going to be batch filming next week, so pray for Aubrey. And I'm going to start saving up for a camera, so that's a positive message as well. I do think that will make things easier. But if you're an audio-only type of person, thank you so much again for joining me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. I appreciate you being here, and I'm excited for this episode. So let's get into it. Our first couple enters the villa. These photos are from the wedding of Guillermo and Yakinia, a power couple in the 80s in Spain. Guillermo was a Spanish dwarf bullfighter in a troop of all dwarf bullfighters. And when I saw these images, I was like, where's the movie? I, I would like to see the movie. Because it's these photos are really giving me, like, it could be like a Western drama and, like, gritty and romantic and... Oh, I just love it so much. But these wedding photos instantly left me speechless because quite frankly, ever since seeing the scene from Sound of Music where Julie Andrews gets married in that gorgeous church, I've just always wanted that for my own personal wedding, even though I have no connection to it to church. <laughs> I just think that's absolutely a stunning image. And seeing two little people in what, in my brain, it looks the same is just I- I love it. I wasn't able to find too much on Guillermo's bullfighting troupe, but what I did find was that they were a traveling troupe, they had tons of adoring fans, and even for their wedding alone, it says that the entire town showed up. So they were a pretty popular power couple. I can totally see the swag in these photos of Guillermo and these other people in the troupe. I totally see it! I'm not gonna slander little people because I don't believe in dwarf-on-dwarf crime, but I don't really believe in bullfighting. I'm kind of just in the camp of leave those animals alone. And also just like- I was literally- up images of bullfighting just to make myself more familiar with it. I saw one video and in this case a bull like actually impaled the guy. It reminded me of that scene from Frozen where Olaf's like oh look I just got impaled. But these are just some of the most absolutely stunning wedding photos I've ever seen. I feel like you could just feel the love and the joy and the happiness um, and the celebration through these photos and as someone who is from a community of average height people and little people. Like there's no little people in my family, but I have a lot of little people friends and then all my family and childhood friends are average height, so I know at my wedding, it's gonna be such a mix of the two. And for me personally, I don't have a dating preference, but I do see myself marrying an average height person, so I imagine their family will be average height people. I felt such a wave of emotions looking at these photos because it really was like flash forwarding to my own wedding. I wish that I knew more about this couple. I wasn't really able to find much. Even just from the crowd photos of them performing, it's so different than what you see now, of crowds of average height people watching little people do something. Because oftentimes you can see on their faces whether they're admiring these people and seeing them as people, or if it's like watching, like, look at the little people play, look at the little people fight, look at the little people do something. Like, you can tell there's a difference in how they're viewed. And back then, you could just tell that they really did have fans. Before I go, I just had to say, these are absolutely photos that instantly, as a filmmaker, I'm just like, I need this movie. These are the types of projects that I would definitely want to be developing at my film studio one day. When I talk about making a film studio that's primarily dwarfism focused. These. this is why, because there's just an endless catalog of stuff that you could adapt across so many different styles that could include and represent so many different types of communities and cultures out there. Manifest. Our next couple ends the villa. Charles Stratton and Mercy Bump are also known commonly as Tom Thumb and Lavinia Warren. But for the sake of humanizing these little people more, especially since they were back during the freak shows where their huma- humanity was really shook away from them, I'm just like, what? let's just call them by their real names, okay? So for some backstory, back in the days of freak shows, human zoos, they were called, were extremely popular, where they would just display people who had a physical deformity in some way, a disability, like dwarfism, they would call them midgets, that's why we don't use that word to refer to people with dwarfism, because it was used at a time when they were really, little people were alienated in society and othered. They were made to look like they were, you know, not even human and they were referred to as such. So Charles Stratton was known as Tom Thumb to America and the world. He performed for over 50 million people by the time he was 25 years old. And that was because of P.T. Barnum, who was a prolific con man. Um, who would basically go around the world to find people with disabilities, particularly dwarfism, and buy them out from their families if they were minors, like Tom Thumb was four years old, when P.T. Barnum started making him perform. Charles Stratton, as a young child, was already talked about in his town. So when P.T. Barnum was stranded there one winter, he came to Charles's parents and was like, um, I'll pay you to let me buy your son and take him on the road to perform. And they said yes. They were average people and they were like, we don't want a disabled son. So Charles started performing at four years old and again by the age of 25 had performed for tens of millions of people around the world. And then meanwhile, Mercy bumped was a school teacher from age 16 who after a few years became a dancer on a showboat. So she obviously had some desire to be in the arts and she had heard of Charles' success as a little person performing for P.T. Barnum, touring the world, tons of adoring fans. So eventually P.T. Barnum starts managing Mercy as well. She gets renamed just like P.T. Barnum renamed Charles to Tom Thumb. She gets renamed to Lavinia Warren which actually is her middle name, Lavinia. In February of 1863, Charles Stratton and Mercy Bum get married in New York City in Manhattan at Grace Church. And the wedding is attended by over 10,000 people. There's people spilling out into the streets, you know, hanging off the sides of buildings to try to get a glimpse into the church to see them get married. And of course, there's tickets sold to this event and it grosses millions in revenue, like literally millions of dollars. After the wedding, they go to the Metropolitan Hotel for the reception, which is attended by over 5,000 people. There's performances. Tiffany & Co. sends a carriage, custom-made carriage and miniature horses covered in rubies. Like, just imagine. Just imagine. Just imagine your wedding gift is from Tiffany & Co. And it's a whole ruby-inlaid carriage. That's crazy. New York Times was doing all the press they were on the cover queen victoria sent them a wedding gift and then they went to their honeymoon personally hosted by abraham lincoln at the white house i don't want to toot my own horn but i'll probably be the next token little person sorry peter dinklage but so when i get married i just know it's going to be the talk of the town and i was thinking who would be my power couple relationship what other i was like me and little Nas. (laughs) I just know that when I get married one day, when I'm the world's most famous little person, sorry, Peter Dinklage, I just know that it's going to be a really big event. And I don't think I would sell tickets to it, but it might be on TikTok Live or something. Charles and Mercy were married for over 20 years before Charles unfortunately passed. After Charles passed, Mercy did remarry to another little person who was a performer, and when she was buried, she was buried next to Charles. I'm definitely in the camp of when I get married, I would rather just be legally married right away, like when we propose to each other, go to the courthouse, just why are we waiting? And then I would love to do a private reception afterwards. Um, My biggest priority when I think about getting married is I just want a really good photographer. I want a really good videographer. And then I care more about capturing the moments really beautifully so that they can remember them. Um, I would love to have a really beautiful custom outfit. I don't know what I would wear to my own wedding. I feel like it would be a variation of a really nice tailored suit but I don't know coloring. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know if I'd want it to like bling or if I'd want, I don't know. I don't know, bro. I say that, but then I could also see myself doing exactly what Charles and Mercy day. I could totally see myself getting married in New York, too, like, at a really beautiful church and then moving down to, like, a venue, and then just- I just feel like that's all so extra at a certain point, but I feel like the marriage of Aubrey Smalls, though, is gonna be worth it. Oh, that's gonna be so much fun, though. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, my wedding is gonna be so fun. I'm a big- I love getting up and dancing, like, on the dance floor, so at my wedding there has to be a dance floor, um, open bar for sure. No kids. As much as I love children as well, I just feel like that's like a very different experience. But at that time, I might even have my own kids, so I'd be like, no kids except my own. Kidding. I'm bringing June, though, my cat. (laughs) June is definitely invited. I can get married and my kids can't watch. I know my cat's probably going to judge whoever I get married to. He's going to be like, really? (laughs) i'm gonna be like yes for food i would definitely hire like a black caterer to come in and really season that joint up some bomb music i need that dj playing 90s like love song r&b mashups i need uh, yeah I need the vibes flowing. I would definitely do multiple outfit changes throughout the night. Nothing crazy, just very respectable, beautiful, sexy, you know. I would love Tom Brown to do my wardrobe for my wedding. Can't you just imagine me and a beautiful, tall man in our wedding photos in some gorgeous, tailored, custom Tom Brown? Oh! 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 Our final couple enters the villa. David Johnson and Ramona Austin. Uh, they're just so cute. I feel like this is such, you can, again, see so much love in these couples' eyes and the way that they're just their body language in these photos, in my opinion. And I, again, love the, the blend of communities of a little person in an average height world. 80% of little people have average height families. So we grow up in a world that is average height. So we're very used to interacting and having crushes on other average height people. Not everyone grows up around other little people. Like, I didn't have any friends with dwarfism until I was an adult. I knew a few as a child, but I didn't really get along with them, to be honest, so they weren't necessarily good experiences. Um... And so I know for some people it's really hard. They're like, oh, do dwarves only date dwarves? And I'm like, it's just so weird to think about that sometimes because it's like some little people don't even know little people. (laughs) Like, it's not that easy. Um, Some definitely prefer when they do, or even if they don't know little people, they just prefer dating smaller men or smaller women. But um, to begin with, like, most little people just we grow up around average people, and I love seeing couples that are little people and average people. From what I was able to find about this couple, David worked at Moulin Rouge in Paris, which is a cabaret, and that's where him and his wife met. And I, a lot of people don't know, but I actually worked in the circus for over (laughs) 10 years. Um, I performed professionally in my family's circus, doing comedy and spinning plates and magic and poi and, the whole nine yards, and I, in the process, worked with a lot of different circuses, like Ringling Brothers, Cirque du Soleil, and Little People in Circus definitely, even though exploitation still for sure happens, there is a level of respect between performers and Little People. Like, Little People are seen, I think, as equals when it comes to because you're all, like, performing 70, shows a week. Like, we don't have equity, like, a union for circus people. So circuses will literally do, like, 70 shows a day. <laughs> I'm kidding, but it's intense. It's, like, an intense thing. You're running around. You're doing it all yourself. The conditions aren't great, it's not glamorous, so there's a level of camaraderie that kind of breaks down that wall of, you're a little person and I'm an average, able bodied person. So I always think it's really cute when I see like performers, I don't know if his wife was a performer, I'm kind of presuming. That she was I think she was maybe a model of some kind they're saying but they got married in a courthouse in the UK and that's again what I would do if I was gonna get married I don't first of all if I get proposed to in public like a public proposal I'm that is also one we're breaking up I also would love to do like a a dual proposal like I'd like to propose and then have my partner propose and then let's just get married legally Let's not do the whole let's wait two years to plan a wedding and then be fiancés. I don't want to be your fiance. i I'm gonna be your husband or I'm gonna be nothing. (laughs) I keep thinking about maybe doing a video about being in the circus. I stopped doing circus stuff when I was about 18 or 19 because I only was getting hired to be like the freak show performer. So they'd be like, oh yeah, we want you to come and do magic or this and I'd get there and it'd be like just stand there and let people our guests walk by you and laugh at you. So I kind of stopped because I was like, why am I putting all this time and effort and work into perfecting a craft that I'm just going to get laughed at for? Then I started doing acting, was getting these cool auditions, and then getting there and being like, it's the same thing. And then being like, so what now? I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore because why would I spend all of my precious years at my prime begging for people to not only take me seriously as an actor, but as a little person actor? And I was like, I don't want to just do comedy because I don't want, it. that's just too easy to put a little person to be funny on TV. So I was like, I'm not going to do it anymore. At the same time, I was getting heartbroken and I was like, I just want to live life. So I moved to New York City stopped doing any acting i did get time with an agent but i wasn't auditioning for stuff i was very like i don't really need to do this anymore the world doesn't deserve Aubrey smalls on stage i'm tired of getting laughed at and um then i started working on my project in 2021 to advertise people and that really got me i was like oh i can take control of the narrative and i knew it was going to be hard and a long journey at the time because I was going to do it without the help of trying to you know, sell it to a production company for them to finance it and make it. But I was going to do all of that work myself. And I honestly thought no one would care. But we've raised over $25,000 for it in the last year, which is so bizarre to me because raising money and financing movies and this process is so difficult. And I'm just so thankful that Social media, you know, was positive in this case, that we were not able to raise so much money for a great cause, but educating people in the process really makes me really proud. There's still a lot of little people who perform in the cabaret scene around the world. I have some friends in the UK, I have friends in New York City who are always performing at burlesque shows or cabaret shows or in Cirque shows. I really wish that little people's contributions to theater were celebrated more. From vaudeville to cabaret to freak shows to minstrel shows, little people have played a huge, huge role in the theater community. And as a thespian myself, as a theater kid, I grew up singing Hairspray in my bedroom. Defying Gravity was banned in my house when I was like 11. I was the only little person in all of the shows I was in as a kid. And when I was looking up shows like Broadway shows of the past, new shows, none of them included little people. So I really didn't think, I was like, oh, I'm the only little person in theater. But as I've gotten older, as I've uncovered more dwarfism history, I'm like, damn, it's crazy that we are really everywhere. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> Not even the theater kids can. Now I wanted to talk about some questions that I commonly get as someone with dwarfism that are particularly surrounding the topics of dating and relationships. Dwarfs only date other dwarfs. This is not true. 80% of little people have average height families, which means that we grow up in entirely average height environments. I didn't even know little people personally until I was an adult, and many little people experience this as well. Not every single person with dwarfism grows up in an environment surrounded by other little people. Sometimes it's just arbitrary people until we reach adulthood and are able to explore the world more and do some traveling. That is to say, some little people do prefer only dating other little people and they do not enjoy dating arbitrary people. There's obviously gonna be some challenges that come with dating an arbitrary person when you're like three feet tall like me. Some of those things that I've noticed, to be quite honest, are more about how people view the relationship as opposed to the actual challenges within the relationship. I think that a lot of the men that I've gone out with have been very embarrassed and ashamed by all of the people who are staring at us and they don't know how to properly kind of deal with that so they get very distant. Unfortunately, there still is that kind of I don't wanna be the person bringing home a little person or how do I tell them I'm dating a little person and that greatly impacts people's desire to form meaningful relationships with little people. They see us on an app and they're thinking these things like how would I tell my friends, how would I tell my, and they just swipe away. And I've had, again, people tell me, oh, if you weren't a little person, I would date you. And I have to really wonder what that means. I'm the same Aubrey. I'd be the same Aubrey if I was a foot and a half taller and an average-hit person, you know? Every little person is going to have their own different reasons. I personally am so used to staring up at people to talk to them that I don't need someone necessarily who's on my same level. I know how to interact comfortably with average height people. Um, I do think that little people, we are. it's more inconvenient to hug someone who's the same proportions of you, but I'm not even a big hugger to begin with, so stuff like that doesn't really matter to me. I think one day when I build my house, I would build... I would love to be able to build a custom kitchen. so expensive to do that. That's why most little people have just, you know, stools and stuff in their kitchen, because to renovate your house to be accessible would be enormously expensive. And then it, like, hurts the resale value if you do want to sell the house in the future. Some contractors won't even, like, refurbish it for that reason, because they'll be like, you won't be able to sell it. I would love to have, like, a split kitchen where it was, like, half and half, half average, half you know, custom for my size. And then same with like the master bathroom and just have like kind of a variation. I would love to build like little ramps, little steps, like elevated platforms, like have like little sliding, I don't know. When I'm rich guys, I'm gonna only put my money into like building things at my level cause it's so expensive to like. I also do get asked if there's a dating app for little people and there's not, I think a dating app for little people would only be helpful if we literally could not date average people. Dating apps are meant for everybody. So there shouldn't have to just be an app for little people I will say that dating apps as a little person are difficult because it's just I think one of those things where you're swiping so fast and then you see your first little person and even if you're not a bad person or an ableist or whatever you might not use that like opportunity to meet a little person for the first time because you're going to be like thinking all these questions and thinking about all the stereotypes you've heard, all of the jokes that you've heard about little people. You're going to be dealing and grappling with all these things while staring at someone's profile, and most people just don't, in my experience, take that opportunity to be like, okay, let me get to know this person. Let me learn more about it. And then also, you deal a lot with people who are just want to fuck a little person, they will straight up, the first message will just be like, I've always wanted to bang a little person. I've always wanted to be with a little person. Oh, I bet I could pick you up and smash you. It's the amount of predatory messages you get as a little person on social media, but particularly on like Tinder and Bumble is insane. I opened up the app the other day and saw a guy who said, I've always wanted to flood a little person with dick. What the fuck? It's not just that you get gross, creepy messages. It's just the fact that you'll get these grown-ass men sending you messages that are just hyper-fixating on the fact that they're bigger than you and that you're smaller and that they could pick you up and just throw you around. And having been in situations where men have taken advantage in situations because of that fact, it can be very, very uncomfortable um, kind of freely scrolling on these apps because... Half of these people are just normal ass people sending you these messages. And it's like, if you didn't have dwarfism, how would you know this person was violently creepy or predatory? The most disturbing message I've ever gotten was someone who had a fetish for little people and they sent me this photo of this whole room just filled with kids' clothing and kids' toys and they were like, it's my fantasy to have a little person dress up in these and let me fuck them. And I'm telling you, I will never... That was when I was maybe like 19 and 20, and I've never, ever forgotten that ever forgotten that and that's why it can be hard because it, like you could be wanting to put yourself out in a genuine way where you're i want to share my love i want to have experiences with other people and build uh, a future and all you're getting are people who either think that you are freakish in nature or have a fetish for you and I, people sometimes also want to make it sound like it's a good thing like oh wouldn't that be nice if someone had a fetish it's like no because they see you as like a fuck object <laughs> for their desire it's not about you, it's about using you to make them feel good. Another question I get is can little people have average height kids, and this doesn't really personally affect me because I'm not gonna have to give birth to a child, and even if I could, I would rather adopt, but little people have average height kids all the time. There are health complications that do arise, just depending on the type of dwarfism you have. If your child's going to be super big, how you plan to deliver, but little people do give birth all the time. I do know that it's very difficult in the final trimester. Um, A lot of times wheelchairs are used on a frequent basis during the last few months just to help support the mother. We still have so far to go when it comes to the medical field and understanding dwarfism and respecting dwarfism. So women with dwarfism who do choose to give birth are extremely brave. And there's complications for sure that arise, but we're perfectly capable and many Many, 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 little people have children every single year. So far this year, I've been trying to get back out there. When I was 21 or 22, I was like cold turkey, stopping dating apps, talking to new people. I was very opposed to the idea of even meeting people. I had a lot of trust issues that I'm still working out when it comes to men. <laughs> Getting back out for this year, I've had to come to terms with the fact that even though I've done a lot of growing in the last few years, there's still a lot of people out there, especially men that are very damaged and are in this dating pool. And these things, examples of ableism that I'm experiencing with people just looking at me and assuming that I'm there to please them or that I have no control over you know, what I want. It's just message Aubrey. And because he's shorter than me, I can just project my own fetishes onto him. I have yet to feel like I have met a man besides one or two that have seen Aubrey for who he is and wanted that and been um, open about the fact that there's going to be challenges with dating someone with dwarfism for the first time. One of my toxic traits is I have a little bit too much love to give to everybody. I have to stop myself from saying I love you to the Starbucks barista every time I pull out of that drive through. I just really do have love. I think there can be I don't know, I've just never felt like the love had to be that deep, where it just had to be something that you, like, I had to know everything about this person to love them. I just genuinely think that love can be given in so many different ways. And that's why I'm holding out, because I know that I have a lot of love to give. And as I get older, I think I have even more love to give. For me personally, I stay confident because I know at the end of the day that I am beautiful and that I'm very capable. I always try just to be a person that I myself would admire, and that helps me stay confident, especially when dating and being in these situations. Um, I would admire someone who, despite being told that they're undateable, keeps their head held high and understands the power in their name and recognizes their own beauty. I try to catch myself in the mirror and go, damn, you look beautiful today. Um, I try to be the best partner I can be to myself. I'm learning and doing a better job at taking care of myself and acknowledging the things that I want, um, acknowledging the toxic traits that I have. And yeah, anyways, it's such an honor as always to be able to have a platform to share things that I find are exciting and important and beautiful with people that care. So thank you truly from the bottom of my heart. As a smaller creator, it really helps if you leave a review. So if you're listening to this or watching it, wherever you're at, go to the comment section and just let me know what you thought of the episode. If you're not already following me, I'm on Instagram at Aubrey Smalls and dwarfism History. We're gonna start asking questions again next week for future episodes. So if you want to see a question of yours answered in a future episode. Follow me on those platforms and I'll check it out. And I'm also on TikTok, Aubrey Smalls. Resources will be available at dwarfismhistory.com for further reading. And that's really all I have for today. I love you guys. Keep going.